Pack up recording and recording here. Okay. I think we're, goddamn, I think we're ready to go. Are we ready to go? What? I think we are. Who's going to introduce you? I can, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me, let's see. I'm, I did a little, I'm trying to outline everything, so let's see. Okay, I guess I'll start. Hey everyone, welcome to Like Father, Like Son, Like Movies, the podcast where I, Sam, talk to my dad. No, that's stupid. Uh, how should we do this? What's like a good, should have written this down beforehand. What's like a good summation? Of the of podcast? This? Yeah. Yeah. It's a podcast where I try to get Sam to watch <laughs> movies that I've been wanting him to watch for years and tell me what he thinks about them. <laughs> well, that's why I thought that the way this went was that you always picked the movie because I thought that was kind of the whole point. But if but you want to switch I can off, still, we, can we can still switch and I could stretch to find movies that I want you to see that uh, tie in. So I think it could work. Tie in to movies I pick, you mean? Yeah. 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 So it works. It works either way. Yeah. You get what you want either way. This yeah. should be our introduction. I mean, it's pretty chaotic and I like it. <laughs> yeah, sure. uh i'm probably uh too lazy to cut it out anyway so um the other thing is uh you'll be happy to know that especially in the last i would say two to three years um i've gotten a lot better about not watching things i've seen before and and that goes and exploring new stuff and that goes for movies and shows and books and all that that used to drive me crazy as you know because When you guys were little, I wanted to show you new stuff and you always wanted to watch the stuff you liked. Uh, And so it was very difficult to get you to uh, experience new things. Is that a common, I mean, I don't think we were unique in that. That's a common kid thing, right? I guess, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they find a Disney movie or something that they like and they just want to watch it over and over and over until, you know, their eyeballs pop out. I know it drove you crazy. And I, I mean, I kind of get it. Um, cause we did watch the same things over and over again. And there's sometimes when I wish certain things I hadn't seen so many times, not because I love them less, but I think they'd, you know, have more of an impact when right. I did rewatch them. Well, you know. I mean, but I'm a big, I'm a big rewatcher. I love rewatching movies. Yeah. And I do too. I mean, I love rewatching movies, but yeah. uh, like I said, I, my goal was to try and get you to experience new things and I failed. I failed miserably. <laughs> and so this podcast well, is my chance to try and rectify oh i see so this is your plan to rectify that i but you know you instilled something because like i said uh i've been a lot better about that as i've as i've gotten older yeah that's great yeah yeah. that's great that's one one out of three yeah yeah (laughs) you're saying the other two still aren't like that i feel like no i think i think they do watch new stuff yeah yeah anna watches a lot of like reality shows i feel yeah i think she she has different tastes more into more into tv and but she does watch yeah she'll she'll watch watch like those yeah she watches some movies but then she also watches like those baking shows and like stuff that's stuff i never got into i had a lot of friends that like that stuff but yeah i never got into reality tv anyway so yep this is this is a project to uh right to get you to, to, to watch new stuff. It's all a scheme. It's and all you hadn't scheme. seen this one before, had you? The Silent Partner? You never saw it, right? I never had seen it, no. Well, no. But No Country for Old Man is one of those movies that I have seen um, too many times. But yeah, yeah. it seemed to fit. Um, so, yeah, premise of the podcast. Um, one of us picks a movie. The other one watches it. I, I guess the way it goes is one of us picks a movie that the other one hasn't seen. Maybe. Or tries to guess whether they've seen it or not, right? Um, Okay, but in a nutshell, somebody picks a movie. The other one picks another movie that they think would go well with it um, in some way or another. Uh, And then we both watch it, and we come back, and we talk about it. 
we talk about both the movies individually and we talk about how they compare and why we picked one to go with the other. And, and that's the podcast. That's the format. So today, Dad, do you want to tell what you picked? I do. I picked, and I already said it, The Silent Partner. Right. Uh, I believe the year on it is 1979. Um, I could pull up IMDb and confirm that. Um, yeah. And it stars Elliot Gould and Christopher mm-hmm. Plummer and Susanna York. Mm-hmm. Very good. And so you picked that. I had not seen it before. And the movie I picked upon watching The Silent Partner to go with it was No Country for Old Men. Uh, now, our hardcore listeners will note that this is two Coen Brother picks in a row for me, which... Um, makes a lot of sense if you know me but also i thought it legitimately went really well um with the silent partner for a number of reasons that we'll get into yeah it does go well with it but i think this could turn into which coen brothers movie matches uh the movie that one of us picks um, right it's not, always a coen <laughs> it's no matter what you pick i always pick a coen brothers movie. That's how it's gonna go <laughs> That could happen. Yeah. So we gotta yeah. Be it's gonna be that. I mean, it's yeah. That's just what's gonna how it's gonna go. <laughs> no, I uh, I hope to um, I hope to discover uh, more diversity than I expected in my taste. Uh, hopefully by the end of this podcast, but we'll oh. we'll see. Yeah. Likewise, um, you you were reluctant to uh, pick movies because you think maybe I've seen everything, and I've seen a lot, but you have shown me movies that I haven't seen before. Like what? Well. One I will mention to you right now is Doom. Doom. Oh, well, I hadn't seen that before either, so I yeah. can't say I really showed that to you. I never saw that with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And yeah, I hadn't seen it. Loved it. I hadn't seen Marie Antoinette. Oh, that and that was Becca who showed you that. That wasn't That's even right. me. Yeah. So so there's I, yeah, you so can, far you, I have not shown you anything you haven't seen before. <laughs> you you can bring the novelty. I, I is what we're learning from this. Yeah, I'll have to look. I'll have to dig. But I, I, you may be right. I may be able to find something. Um, speaking of Doom, people talk about, you know, oh, there's never been a good video game movie. But that's a great video game movie. Uh, to I love Doom. I don't remember Doom. it very well. <laughs> I thought it was great. I, thought it was just I, I remember being fun. entertained while I was watching it. But it was... It I was thought it was good. just a good fun, good fun action. Yeah. Time. Instantly yeah, forgettable, though. Yeah. I don't know. I remember parts. Hmm. I don't. I don't. Uh, will well, I will I rewatch it again maybe, to see if I can remember some of it? No, probably not. You will because I'll pick it for next week, <laughs> and you'll have to. Oh no! Well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah, see what you could pair with that. So before we dive in, uh, uh-huh. have you seen anything else good lately that you want to mention? Uh, movies? Yeah. Good or TV shows? Let's see. Um, have I watched lately? I saw Thor. It was fine. Fine. I didn't love it. Uh, I laughed more than I wanted to. I thought the screaming, the screaming goats got me to laugh more than I wanted them to because um, <laughs> it's it's so lowbrow, and I didn't want to give it as much credit that much credit, but I, I was laughing. But um, speaking of instantly forgettable, that's that's one. Mm. Uh, Natalie Portman, I don't think can play goofy. I just don't. I just don't think it works. Maybe it's the. I don't know. It could be anything. Maybe it's the writing, the direction, whatever. But yeah, it was not working. It was not working. She has um, not done a lot of comedy. No, and it's hard to tell. I mean, like, we'll get into it. But I didn't think Elliot Gould like was anything special in this movie, and I thought he could do no wrong. You know, yeah. so it could be directing, could be whatever. It's hard to say. 
We will. But yeah, you can skip it. I don't. I don't know if you were going to go see Thor, but you can skip it. Is what I would say. Well, I'll wait till it inevitably comes to Disney Plus, and then I'll probably check it out. Yeah. I do like Taika, so yeah, uh, I'll probably check it out. I love his. Uh, I love his early stuff, like the what we do in the shadows and hunt for mm. the wilder people. That's those are great. Yep. They're so so funny. Yeah. Well, I'll um, give a shout out to Nope, uh, Jordan Peele. Oh yeah. Um, saw that on see Friday. That. Um, yeah. uh, excellent movie. It is. I'm getting some mixed uh, reviews. Um, I think some people are trying to find a theme in it, and I don't think you need to work too hard to find a theme in it. It's just a good mm-hmm. entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. If you I want like to find, yeah, if you want to find a theme in it, it is rich with possibility. I think, and uh, there is a genuine um, surprise um, buried in the plot. So, uh, without spoiling anything, um, mm-hmm. I recommend Nope, and I recommend uh, a big screen experience. Um, because yeah. it is pretty magnificent yeah we should know i this is kind of funny i live in a very remote part of the country and there's one very small movie theater here and i only get to see the biggest of releases yeah. whatever those happen to be at the time yeah so i probably won't get to see no open theaters which sucks yeah. um it's one thing i don't like living out uh, about living out here well it i mean it is a pretty big release though i think um yeah I it's possible to come to theaters the but right now but it, it really, because there's only the two screens, it depends on what else is showing. So if there's, it might be a big release, but if there's a bigger release out, like yeah. Thor, I don't know if it'll, I don't know if it'll come. I'll have to keep an eye on the poster. Well, I, I hope you get to see it and I would love to talk to you about Nope sometime. Yeah. Um, That's another thing we haven't discussed, but we could do, if we ever get the chance, we could do new releases to like. Yeah. Well, I think we could do some special episodes with new releases. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. If, if there's anything we particularly want to talk about. And in that situation, maybe we could both pick a movie that goes well with it and then talk about three movies. <laughs> oh, uh, don't get carried away. Oh, man. It's too many movies. Too many movies. But anyway, should we dive in? Yeah. I okay. think um, what we decided was whoever picked the movie leads the discussion. So that was me. Uh, we'll talk. We'll start with Silent Partner. Start with Silent that, Partner. That was your pick. So go ahead. And the other thing we didn't do the last time on our first episode is recap mm-hmm. the plot. And so I think let's do that, shall we? And yes. um, mention that we're going to spoil the hell out of everything. Um, yep. So if you don't want to be spoiled, go watch yeah, the right. movie. Um, both movies are worth watching if you haven't seen uh, either or both of them. And um, then come back and listen mm-hmm. to the rest of the episode. But plot recap, Elliot Gould, uh, Susanna York work in a bank. Elliot Gould is a bank teller and he uh, inadvertently or accidentally discovers a stick-up note that has been left by somebody he doesn't know who. Later, he sees, uh, and this bank is located in a shopping mall, which I thought was pretty odd, but we could talk about that anyway. <laughs> anyway, this is oh, uh, Canada. In, yeah, Canada, I guess. Um, he sees a, a shopping mall Santa holding a sign that has a particular style of the letter G on the sign, exactly like the the stick-up note. How convenient. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. realizes that that Santa is up to no good, and he hatches a plot to piggyback off of uh, the bank right. robber's successful robbery of the bank. 
Hence the name of the movie, The Silent Partner. Really cool. Silent Partner. Silent Partner. And uh, chaos and mayhem ensues. Sam. But it's kind of a, the essence of the movie is kind of a cat and mouse, right? It's like he, he you know, he gets wind of this uh, bank robber's plans and he uses that to steal the money for himself and pin it on the bank robber. But then the bank robber is like after him. Yeah. And he that's makes the essence a, of the movie, right? He makes a fatal mistake. He goes, he gives a television interview. <laughs> which gives him some right. notoriety, he, but also right. draws the attention of the bank robber who figures out... Right, who figures uh, out it's him. And, and, he's getting and, and, blamed for stealing more money than he actually got, and now he wants right. it back. Sam, yes. what do you think of Elliot Gould as this protagonist? Do you find him uh, a compelling uh, protagonist? Uh, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but uh, I honestly found his performance lackluster. Hmm. Um I was, so I'm big Elliot Gould fan. I haven't seen him in that many things. Maybe like, um, I've, one, one issue might be I've only seen him in his really good stuff. Like I've seen uh, Long Goodbye, I've seen California Split, and I've seen him in Friends. <laughs> but uh, he's, I love Elliot Gould, and he's one of those people I thought could do no wrong. And I just thought his performance was often, not, not necessarily the whole movie, but often like very stilted and kind of dry and, and again, I'm not sure like if it's if it's some sort of affectation he was going to be doing, if it was direction that was um, making him seem that way. It, it, I guess it's you can't really intuit backwards from this stuff, but um, lackluster, I think, is the word I would use. I found him less compelling than I wanted to, and that I and that I have in in others of his of his works. His character. It, did you mention the long goodbye? I don't remember. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. which he's so great. Great in that film. Um, and he can do no wrong, yeah. The um, Yeah, he is good in, in many, many things. There's a movie of his uh, called Getting Straight, which isn't very well known, but uh, check that out, Getting Straight. Mm -hmm. uh, very okay. good movie. But he, um, this character, this character is very hard to pin down. I mean, it seems like he's supposed to be kind of a nerd. He's into his right. fish. Right. Um, on the other hand, he is you know, kind of forward with Susanna York's character who he'd like to date. Um, and right. she's not that interested in him until he gets some notoriety. And then all of a sudden she's interested. Um, so it's, it's just kind of hard to pin him down. Is he supposed to be a nerd? Is he supposed to be suave? Um, yeah. You know, women seem to crave him. Uh, just yeah. who is this guy? Yeah. I, I, I had the same thought because yeah, you're right. He's kind of brash. Like he has no problem like you said, he has no problem asking Susanna York out, like all this stuff. Um, but he's also supposed to be this like shy geek uh, who collects fish and that everyone thinks is weird. And so there, I don't know. There, there was something kind of dissonant about that that didn't. It didn't really. I don't know. It didn't really cohere for me. It just felt sort of um, chimeric, but in a awkward Frankensteinish kind of a way. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. It, it, it didn't really work for me. I think I'm. I always look to the writing when it comes to this stuff, and I think I think the problem was probably in the script. Like I, I just don't think it's that well thought out of a character. What I do enjoy about him, though, is that I I love a good. His whole thing is that everyone underestimates him, and they say this verbatim in the movie that like multiple times that people underestimate him. And while I don't think we get an intuitive sense of that from the character, when he does start to show himself to be more resourceful. Uh, it, that's to me when it gets interesting, like when he turns the tables and, um, that kind of stuff it, uh, I liked about, I liked about the character. I mean, that's, but that's, 
maybe because that to me is all that made him interesting. Like there was nothing else to him except that he turns out to have a lot more up his sleeve once, you know, the shit hits the fan. I want to shake things up a little bit because I think it's interesting to talk about these movies at the same time rather than in sequence. And so if you um, think about him in comparison to mm-hmm. Llewellyn Moss from No Country for Old Josh, Men. Yeah, Josh Brolin's character from No Country, yeah. And we can recap that plot um, here as well. Um, mm-hmm. But basically a very simple plot. Llewellyn is a guy. We don't know exactly what he does when we meet him. He's out hunting on, uh, I guess, in your neck of the woods, right? West Texas? Yeah, it's actually, um, I said earlier, I live in a remote part of the country. That's where I live, <laughs> is in, in the no country for old men. Uh, Terrell County, where the movie starts, and where the um, Tommy Lee Jones is sheriff of Terrell County, which is one over from me. Did you catch the Alpine call out in the movie? I did, yeah, yep. which I've never caught before, but I, I live in Alpine, so... Um, <laughs> Now I caught it. I caught it this time around. I th- actually, I think I've seen that guy. I think I've seen him with his chickens, you know, just driving around. <laughs> well, he's uh, given because Sugar oh, killed wait, him, right? You're right. I can't. Maybe I saw a ghost. You did not see him. <laughs> I saw a ghost. <laughs> but um, anyway, Llewellyn Moss is out hunting. Maybe he's poaching. Who knows? Anyway, he stumbles Probably. on this drug deal gone bad. A lot of dead bodies, some drugs, yeah. some money. Yeah. Yeah, um, finds a lot of money, finds a satchel full of money. Yeah, and he also makes a mistake. So Elliot Gould, his mistake is going on TV and and just kind of you know making himself into a spectacle in right. uh, No Country for Old Men. Llewellyn, his conscience, I guess, gets the better of him because mm-hmm. one of the guys that he stumbled across was not dead and asked for water, right. and he felt mm-hmm. bad about it. He decided to go back yeah. in the middle of the night with some water, mm-hmm. give the guy some water. Of course, he's dead. And guess what? Mm-hmm. So are all the other bad guys. Sets him returns the, he returns to the scene, and there's other guys there, uh, some bad dudes there. And again, a cat and mouse scenario. He took the money, and they went back. Now, again, he's he's a little bit of a cipher. We don't learn a lot about Llewellyn in New Country. We all we, He's a welder, is what he says at one point. He's a but, welder and a Vietnam vet, and that's about what we, get, what we get. And that's about it. He's a guy who's, you know, right. got... You know, some resources, some cojones, um, mm-hmm. and and he's running around with this money. So I guess the question I want to ask you is, if Llewellyn was the bank teller, and if <laughs> and if Miles was in the desert, how would uh, these movies be different? Uh, they'd be shorter. A lot shorter. You know, Miles would be, be dead instantaneously. Yeah? Miles would be dead by yeah by Act Two, and well, I don't know. There might be a contest between Llewellyn and and uh, Christopher Plummer. How that actually uh, might be that might actually might be an okay movie. Yeah. How how uh, how uh, effective would would these characters be against these really scary antagonists? Right. Because <laughs> well, so I think. So given how well Elliot Gould holds up against Christopher Plummer and given how much, hmm. So he holds up pretty well against Christopher Plummer. Llewellyn holds up, he holds out, I guess is a better way to put it, for a while against, oh, wow, blanking out names. Sugar. Yeah, but what's the actor's name? Oh, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. He holds up pretty well against him. So I think um, 
I think he would make short work of Christopher Plummer, if I'm honest, just, just given how well he holds up against uh, Anton Chigurh. It kind of, uh, you know, leads into the next area I wanted to, you know, get into with you, which is who would win in a fight between Anton Chigurh and <laughs> Reichel, which is the name of Christopher Plummer's character, which I don't know if they ever said in the movie, but that's what it is yeah. in the credits. Who yeah. would win it's in just a fight? easier to refer to them as the actor's name, I think. I think that's the industry <laughs> standard. <laughs> So Bardem versus Plummer, who would win? <laughs> but in, in as their characters in these movies, not as like, their characters in these life. movies. In real life, I'm sure Bardem would, <laughs> would whoop uh, Plummer's ass because Plummer well, is like, like 40, 100 million 40 years, years younger old. than. <laughs> oh my god! I think uh, I think Javier Bardem is in No Country is much. I think he's much more dangerous. Like Christopher Plummer's a psychopath, but Javier Bardem is a trained killer for the cartel or whoever he works for. I think they're in different leagues. Yeah. They're so, um, but they're both so scary, right? I mean, they're very menacing. One of the things that I really enjoy about both these movies is that these villains are just so scary. Um, Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, uh, I think what, you know, what in part, well, no, not in part. I think that's what makes the silent partner so memorable is, Christopher Plummer's performance and and just how threatening and uh, and really nightmare yes. she is. I absolutely agree. I think he's the saving grace of this movie because he's just so psychotic. And it's also it's probably worth noting that my one <laughs> my one uh, uh, degree of familiarity with Christopher Plummer is the Sound of Music. I think that might be the only thing I've ever seen him in. Uh, and so to see him play somebody like this. It was like night and day, you know, those two roles. So um, to me, he's the saving grace of this movie. I thought he was just, he was incredible and scary. And yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah, people make fun of, uh, you know, William Shatner's acting style uh, as Captain Kirk. He's very, you know, showy. There's lots of pauses. There's the famous Saturday Night Live skit. And I've always thought Christopher Plummer has the same tendencies and they, they're, very much on display in the sound of music that way if you watch that performance Mm -hmm. it's very it's not very good um Mm -hmm. but here he's really good really good um did i ever tell you i saw him on stage no maybe i saw christopher Plummer on stage my dad took me to see a um, performance of othello uh Mm -hmm. in washington Uh, Mm dc when i was in high school and it was uh, James Earl Jones, Darth Vader as Othello, mm-hmm. and right. Christopher Plummer as Iago. Oh man, oh, uh, probably the amazing. best theater experience of my life. Maybe. Yeah. Um, that sounds great. Um, but anyway, yeah, he was just just remarkable. But anyway, uh, here he's remarkable uh, as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. You know who he reminded me of? He gave me um, John Hamm from Baby Driver vibes. Hmm. Yeah, I, hadn't considered I don't know. That. I think it was his hair. His hair, anyway, or maybe his, about that. maybe his eyeliner and mascara. Yeah, because he's very yeah. sexually ambiguous in this movie. Yeah, well, I didn't think for most of it he was, but I thought the part where he's dressed as a woman is amazing. <laughs> I thought that was so great. Yeah, and was... you know, you know what else I love about that scene is, even though he's he's dresses woman he's talking like a woman and it's terrifying because you know who he is and 
even though nobody else can hear him, he's still doing the voice. And so that's just the level of like his whatever. Like that's just how crazy he is that he's he knows nobody else can hear them anyway, but he's still he's still talking like that just to scare the shit out of Elliot Gould. I think it's so great. Yeah. That character is just so unhinged. My um favorite scene is the mail slot when he Oh is God. Outside Elliot Gould's door yeah. and he flips up the mail slot and he's just all you see is his eyes and he's uh so menacing yeah that so that sequence what i wrote down was um oh now it's a horror movie because when he calls when he calls him it's like the call is coming from inside the house kind of a kind of a feeling uh he calls him he's outside the telephone booth and yeah and then yeah he blocks the door and he looks through the mail slot and yeah that that whole sequence was just amazing i thought i thought that was the highlight of the movie that's the stuff of nightmares right there yeah it was really scary yeah yeah i love that I love that. It never, to me, it never got more intense than that until the murder, until he kills the girl at the end. So I think in a fight between these two characters, I mean, I'm not, oh. I'm not sure who would win. <laughs> to wrap sure. it up. Yeah, there's no doubt he's brutal, but I don't think he's trained the way Anton Chigurh is, you know? Yeah. But so. they're, they're both just super scary. I yeah. think Chigurh would have to get like close enough to him to hit him with that kettle thing. And you just shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> what? you mean <laughs> well, he likes to hit him in the head with that cattle thing you just shoot him anyway um next okay on the agenda next on the agenda um so do you think there's more going on in these movies than just the incidents is there a is there a theme you mean uh metaphysically metaphysically thematically philosophically so i do i do think that in one of them there is yeah. yeah. I mean, in both. So, okay. So I guess in Silent Partner, I think, so theme comes from character, right? And these characters' whole issue is that they're bored. Like, they're really bored. There's nothing remarkable in their lives at all. Like, they're cheating on each other, and um, they work in a bank and a mall, and it's joyless Christmas and all this stuff. And their lives are really, really boring to the extent that they find a bank robbery in which any of them could have potentially been killed to be very exciting. Which, to be fair, that probably would be an adrenaline rush, you know, in the aftermath. But I think the whole point of them making a show of being excited about it and being kind of turned on by it is uh, that their lives are just so boring by contrast. So I think thematically that's what's going on there. They're, they, um, uh, what do you call it? But I think the reason that it doesn't come together for me is that there doesn't seem to, as far as I can tell in the silent part, there doesn't seem to be any sort of commentary on the thematic elements that are present. There doesn't seem to be, I mean, the, the ending is of the silent partner is, you know, they're happy, but it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess they're happy. They're together. Like Ellie Gould and Susanna York, they get together and whatever. It's kind of a happy ending, but there's no real sense that I can recall that anything has changed too much. It's it's like, I mean, they're together, and that's changed because they weren't at the beginning. But I don't really see the relationship between the plot and where their characters began and where they ended up. It didn't tie together for me in a way that made me think, oh, I understand why these characters are now behaving this way in the wake of all that they've been through. Yeah, I didn't really get a sense that it knew what to do with the thematic elements that were there. Yeah, this was the third time 
I think, or fourth that I've seen The Silent Partner. And um, I think the first time I saw it, and you asked me last time, was the first time I encountered uh, the movie that I picked, oh, yeah. which was uh, Cutter's Way. This time, I think it was the same. Uh, I think I saw it at Doc Films uh, at the University of Chicago, the student-run uh, film society. Mm. Uh, mm. And it was so... Um, you know, just scary and intense and violent uh, that I didn't really, you know, think about the fact that this plot kind of sucks. I mean, it's there's nothing in that happens in this movie that's possible. Right. Um, the, the I mean, there had to be there was one camera in the bank that showed the bank robbery from behind the robber. But mm-hmm. there's no cameras in the safe deposit box room that shows him putting uh, the money in the safe deposit box. There's right, no right. I mean, there's just it's it's clever. But in a way, it's a little bit too clever because, you know, a lot of the incident that happens just doesn't seem like it's very plausible. And and in that vein, the reason I brought that up was it's really hard to see why Susanna York goes off with Elliot Gould at the end of this movie. Um you know he yeah right like how does she see him differently now yeah she doesn't like him at first she you know thinks he's i guess you know not that much of a catch then you know he's the front and center in the in the bank robbery then all of a sudden everybody's interested in him then he you know makes an overture then he backs away then right you know it's just back and back and forth and back and forth and then all of a sudden at the end you know she's all in and it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense I agree. I agree. I don't think there's a lot of, like I said, I don't think there's a lot of coherence between the plot and the thematic elements that are present. I don't, I don't, I just don't think there's a lot going on there. Yeah. I was, I was, I did think it was kind of hilarious how upfront she was and, and her lover was about their extramarital affair though. I know. <laughs> they didn't seem to have any qualms about talking about it. So goofy. Yeah. It, it, it's uh, just par for the course around there. I think it made me laugh. You mentioned yeah. the writing. Did you notice the screenplay credit? No. Curtis Hansen of LA oh, Confidential fame. Right. Yeah. Wait, did he write the book or the screenplay? He wrote the screenplay and directed. Who wrote the book? Elroy? Uh, James Elroy, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. It is interesting. I love LA Confidential. I think that's a great movie. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the best plotted movies ever, I think. Mm, very convoluted. Yeah. As all detective stories should be. What about uh, No Country? Do you see more going on there than just... uh, Thematically, you mean? The cat and mouse? Yeah, I I think so, absolutely. I think it's really on the nose in No Country. I think that movie's kind of dripping with theme, actually. There's some very overbearing... I mean, the movie opens and closes with two soliloquies. uh, And both of them are very thematically layered. It's about this guy who feels like he's... Uh, the world has outgrown him a little bit and he doesn't feel like he understands it anymore. And the, you know, it's in the title, no country for what, like, I think it's very, the themes are very on the surface in this movie, but it's neat because they're bookended with it, but they don't dwell on them when the shit's happening. Um, which I think is great because you just kind of lay that foundation at the beginning and then you let the story play out and then you come back at the end and you rehash those themes having gone through this experience and so that you can look at them kind of anew and, and, you know, get a fuller, more, more fulfilling sense of what the story was trying to say. And I think that's really brilliant. I think that's something the Coens do really, really well. And the, and the, um, of course the novel that it's adapted from does super, super well is not 
is to be in your face about the themes at the right time. For me, I, I, you know, uh, I guess third time I saw this one as well. Um, and it struck me this time, uh, you know, uh, and maybe in the past as well, how much this was really just kind of a reinvention of the Western. Um, mm. It was um, saying, you know, forget about cowboys and Indians, forget about white hats, black hats, forget about, you know, uh, bad guy, you know, sheriffs and, and, and outlaws. This is about chaos. This is about violence and death. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what the West, you know, was and is about, you know, one character says at one time, things haven't changed. This has always been the way it's been. Uh, you know, that's what kind of uh, Tommy Lee's revelation um, and why he checks out at the end is that that's, that's not the myth he had bought into. And, um, you know, right. he, he can't, he can't handle, uh, can't handle the truth in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Th- that's, that's not, he can't function in a world that exists that way. Right. That's very stew. I hadn't thought about it that way, but I like that a lot because yeah, it, it that is why he, he decides to leave at the end is because he has to resign himself to the fact that he, he doesn't understand what's going on, even though he's, like you said, he's told himself for so long that he does get it. Yep. But he wants to be the principled, yeah. you know, protagonist. And in this world, he just can't be that. Way. He can't be that. Way. Right. 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 Which is pretty bleak. It's bleak. It's a bleak movie. It's got a lot of humor, but it's very bleak. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even say it has a lot of humor. I would say it has some. Mm-hmm. Humor. Friendo. Um, Friendo. As long as we're talking about themes, uh, I really like, this is more of a motif than a theme, or maybe maybe a little bit of both, but um, there's, uh, I'm not sure what the right word for it is. I guess it's, I guess you could call it poverty. Um Poverty and money, because in, I don't know if poverty is too strong of a word, but these are not well-off people. You know, they, they, she works at Walmart. They make a point of saying that. Um, Lou Evelyn's a welder, and they live in a trailer together. They're not leading super comfortable lives. There's a reason they want to get out. There's a reason that $2 million is very alluring, as it would be to a lot of people. Um, and money is the way it's treated in this movie is very, very interesting to me because it is such a powerful force. It's, it like opens doors. It makes people forget. Um, it makes people do things they wouldn't normally do. Uh, Llewellyn, he pays off like so many people in this movie. He pays off like the taxi driver and he pays off the hotel clerk and he pays off the kids for their coat. And, um, and in, in, in addition to all those things, he, the satchel of money almost becomes like another weapon in his arsenal. It makes him a lot more resourceful. It allows him to buy weapons and equipment in order to make the preparations he needs to make and um, to survive. Uh, just the way that money is so ever-present in this movie, it's the reason that the movie exists for one thing, and but it's interacted with the entire time. Um, what do you think about that? I Yeah, I think there's there's a lot to that. I think... Um, you know, the, the inciting incident for Elliot Gould is, you know, in a way it's kind of jealousy, right? Because Mm -hmm. he's frustrated. He wants Susanna York to notice him, but she doesn't notice him. She's instead rather have an extramarital affair. Um, and you know, when the opportunity presents itself, 
he decides to take it, you know, out of what spite or um, mm-hmm. a way to elevate himself um, mm-hmm. as yeah. well. And also, just just to be clear, I was talking about No Country. You're talking about Silent Partner. Yeah, correct. Yeah. But I think you know the comparison is there, mm-hmm. um, or maybe you know I don't know. I mean, it, in in Llewellyn's case, it's more opportunistic, right? Like I said, we don't know a lot about Llewellyn. We don't know what really mm-hmm. motivates him. He seems right. very unmoved by yeah. the threat that this situation poses for his wife, right? Right. Uh, I guess well, he's his wife or girlfriend. There's that, but the reason he puts himself in the situation in the first place, to me, is very evident. Like, it, again, I, I just don't, they don't have a lot to work with. They don't have a lot of, um, they're not wealthy. They have a very small home. They're not living the lives that they wish they could. You know, she doesn't want right. to have to work at Walmart. I think that's the point. Right. Uh, and that's really all you need because, if, you know, if I had $2 million, I'd quit my day job too. Right. And she also f- seems pretty unfazed by the fact that he's doing this to her. You know, he says, go, go get, you know, she's with your mom. She's and very then trusting. He says, go live out of town. And she doesn't yeah. really have a whole lot of questions. Uh, yeah. She really just kind of goes along with it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she makes, she, she, she tries to, you know, get him to say what's going on, but he's just such a brick wall, but she's very trusting. She's also, you know, and I'm don't, you know, not really trying to say anything about this necessarily, but she's also quite a bit younger than him. Mm-hmm. I think she's supposed to be like 20 and mm-hmm. he's probably in his thirties, I guess. Hmm. Um, so there is like, to me, like I'll take care of you. You don't worry about anything kind of a, kind of a dynamic between them. And it's a little old school, but mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But she's also great. I mean, as long as we're talking about her, um, what's that actress's name? Kelly McDonald. McDonald is that right? Yeah, I think she's Scottish. Yeah. No? She's Scottish. What? I think she's Scottish. She yeah, she was in Train Spotting. She didn't sound Scottish. Have you seen Train Spotting? Yes, a long time ago. Yeah, she was in. She was in that movie. Yeah. No, she's great. I love her in this movie. Yeah, the, she's really, really fantastic. I, I, it's hard to get a handle on Susanna York, but you know Carla Jean in No Country. It's it's much easier to uh, uh, a little bit easier, I guess, to get a handle on her. Although again, mm-hmm. she's very, very trusting of of a of a pretty right. sketchy situation, right? Yeah, and it cost, well. and I think it cost her life, right? I mean, you could read that scene any way you'd like, but I read it that Sugar got her. Yeah, well, I do too. But the other thing is, I mean, she would if she hadn't gone, uh, he he would have found her and killed her anyway, right? So right. I don't I don't think in that sense it probably doesn't <clears throat> matter whether she's trusted. Uh, her husband Llewellyn or not but um, the point is that he hit you know his decisions as he says he can't take him back and he's put her in danger and that's something they both have to live with and mm-hmm. I would yeah uh, and so there's there's also I guess if you want to talk about themes there's also that it's choice and consequence it's you set things in motion that you can't you can't take back yeah you know and it's then, very 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 simple and very very true right one of the characters in the movie I think it's uh, Llewellyn says things happen that's that's kind of the theme of the of the movie right he says he says things happen i can't take them back i can't take them back and it's like oh, way to own your mistakes but also shouldn't have done that <laughs> should have done it but that's the way it goes <laughs> all right then we'll see where we'll see where we end up well and it's so you know what though i think it's so interesting because this movie does a lot with a little like um no country does a lot with a little there's very little 
dialogue. It's very sparsely, you know, the sets are very sparse. The landscape itself is very sparse. It's just how it is. But um, when he opens the satchel for the first time and he sees that there's money in it and he looks around and he just says to himself, he says, yeah. And that's all he says. To me, that like is him saying, I know exactly on some like subliminally, that's him saying, I know exactly how this is going to turn out, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes this movie so brilliant is because you depict these people who um, believe they can make sense of things or they have more control than they do. And that's why it's, you know, kind of tragic as well. I remember when this movie came out and, you know, people that I work with, you know, their reaction to it. I think people expected a conventional uh, thriller uh, chase picture And that scene, that transition where Llewellyn is kind of talking flirty to a a woman at this motel. And then the next scene, he's dead. You don't see anything in between. I think that just threw people for a loop. Um, Yeah, I'm sure it did. But uh, I think it's so critical uh, to the power of the movie that Mm -hmm. that transition is. Yeah, I believe that's how the book handles it as well. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. This yeah, is pretty so faithful stayed... to the book, this movie, as I recall. Extremely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've read the book, I think, twice. And I think both times I had the reaction of it. It feel They feel really, really similar. They they do a good adaptation, these guys. Okay. We're... These brothers, De Cohen. Um, we're coming up to our time budget. So I want to ask you two questions. First one. Okay. <clears throat> which movie would be better with Kate Bush singing Running Up That Hill on the soundtrack? I, I don't know that song. You don't know what that song is? So. Okay, so you're out of, out of the pop <laughs> Out of the running there. for that one. You have not seen the latest season of Stranger Things uh, then. No, I have not. Running Up That Hill is all over that season. and it I has haven't even seen season two. It's become a pop culture uh, oh, juggernaut. Okay. It is everywhere. It's in TikTok. I'm out of the loop it's on YouTube. This. It's on the radio play. It's everywhere, this song. I see. So you I better okay. load it in your Spotify and listen to Running Up the Hill. <laughs> listen up. Because it is everywhere. All uh, right. Well, do you have any questions that I can answer? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I thought maybe you'd have that one nailed, but anyway. Uh, would this make a good double feature, uh, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And do you think The Silent Partner deserves a wider audience? No. What? Um, <laughs> you know, with all of its thighs, flaws. I think. With all of its flaws, I think this movie is great. I really, really enjoy it. I think it yeah. It creates a mood. It creates a, you know, a, a suspenseful environment. There's not a lot to it. There's, I don't think there's any particularly, uh, you know, kind of underlying themes to it. It's just a good you know, solid thriller. It's implausible, but it works somehow. Uh, I think the, yeah. the actors make it work uh, despite, despite its flaws. Yeah. I think if you're the kind of person who can really appreciate a great performance and that's enough for you to enjoy a movie, I think it's worth watching just for um, Christopher Plummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I can't say I loved this movie. I thought it was okay. I wanted to like it more than I did just because I love Elliot Gould so much. I think he's so great. But um, it was a little bit slow, and the highs were were really great, but there weren't enough of them um, to really 
make me fall in love with this movie. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think as a double feature, great, but it's hard, I think, for this movie to, for me to stand on its own. It, it just, I think it's, it's too dated in some ways and the, the good elements are a little bit outweighed, I think, by the, by the more lackluster elements. It could, it can fade into obscurity from, from your perspective. Yeah. 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 So I'm one, I'm to. one for one. I'm I'm one for two. Then I I I got you on Cutter's Way, and I lost Cutter's you Way. On, yeah, great. On uh, Silent Partner, Cutter's Way, great. I do want to um, just because I like talking about performances. I do want to sh- do some shout outs for No Country for Old Men. So we got um, Kelly McDonald as mm-hmm. Llewellyn's um, wife. Great. Um, Garrett Dillahunt as the deputy. Mm, yes. Great. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Love him, right? Very fun. We know him from Justified Season 6 or 5, maybe. Mm, I'll have to go back and check that out. He's the villain in one of those seasons. Mm-hmm. He's great. That's where I first saw him, which is why I'm saying we know him from that, because that's where I know him from that. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I've seen him in other stuff, but that's where I you know, realized he was a person. Uh, Woody Harrelson. Hilarious. Amazing. So funny. Funny. And then, so... <laughs> <laughs> so crazy that they introduce him. He's the guy they call to go get Sugar, yeah. I guess. And then yeah. Sugar gets the drop on him immediately and he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It is great. It is great. And he plays that scene so well because all his confidence just leeches away. Yeah. You he just starts whining like a little bitch right away. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't want to die. And it's like, yeah, me neither, but geez. You don't have to do this. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. It's like, man, you knew who that was going to go. You should have been more careful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, no, that's great. I love it. That's, that's just one of the best performances. And he's in it so briefly and he makes such an impression. He's so good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, he's funny. Good guy. And then, uh, last but not least, Stephen Root, the guy who hires Woody Harrelson. Yes. Um, he's just wonderful as well. And they they work with him. I guess I wouldn't say a lot, but he's been in a few of their movies. Yeah. Um, and I see him around on other stuff. He's just he's always great. I know him from the TV show True Blood. Um, ah, he's, he's I've not watched that. Good in that. Okay. Show. Very good. Yeah, he was in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs for one of the segments. Oh, okay. And he was excellent. He played the crazy bank teller. Okay. I'll have to go. Puts all, puts all the pans on himself. Um, Good stuff. And you forgot to mention one uh, performance in that movie. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, well, Tommy Lee Jones, obviously the great oh. Tommy Lee Jones. We already kind of talked about him. Who did, did. I, who did I miss? You missed uh, Javier Bardem's hair. <laughs> Oh right, the character unto itself. <laughs> it's I don't know. Character. He looks like he looks like my uncle's college pictures. I don't think it's that weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh boy. You know what I'm talking about? For the for the for the age, maybe I don't know. It's pretty all those unique. '70s haircuts they had. It's pretty unique. We should take a screenshot, and then next time we're at grandma's, we're gonna hold it up next to Uncle Charles in college's picture. Yeah. Say hey, gonna be see how these look together because they look the same. Yeah, everyone talks about the hair, and I'm like, I've seen that haircut. Anyway, (laughs) all right. Well, anything else to say about these movies? Uh, Let me look. Let me look. We can cut out this dead space. Let me just make sure there's nothing crucial. I don't think so. I like those. Yeah, yeah, covered it. What about you? I think I covered most everything. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. 
right, how do we conclude this? Um, well, uh, unless we know what movie we're going to do next, I think we just conclude it. We say we're yeah. going to be back. So I'm picking next week. Is that right? Yeah. And is that how you want it to work? We alternate? We can alternate, or it doesn't have to be that way. If you have a good idea yeah. you want to uh, bring forward. Yeah, I think it's I think it's more fun to alternate because it is fun to do the pairing. Yeah, I agree. and I don't want to deny you that. I agree. We need to practice an outro as well. How yeah. do we outro this? Got any ideas? Uh, no, not really. Did I write anything down? I didn't. Write I tried to kind of. I kind of tried to write this down. Let me see if I did. I forgot if I put an outro on here. Podcast. Nope, I didn't write anything down for the outro. Okay. Uh, I didn't really write anything down either. But. Okay, well, that uh, wraps up our discussion. Uh, thanks for listening. We are um, ghosts online. We're doing this very formally. We don't have anywhere you can follow us or anything. Um, but hopefully by next episode, these first two will be up, and you'll be able to follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you do happen to um, listen to this podcast and you like it, go ahead and leave a review. Um, five stars is always a good option if you are uncertain because that would really help us out. Again, we're doing this super informally, but it'd be also fun if um, we thought people were listening to it. And thanks for listening. Also, um, you know what would be fun is if we, it might be kind of cool if we knew what we we're going to pick already going in, and that way we could say that in the outro. Agreed. It gives people something to look forward to. Agreed. What do you think? I do. Agree. That okay. We, if we and can, if we can uh, know when we record what we're going to do the next time, that would be good. Well, at least yeah. at least one of the picks, and maybe right. the second pick is a well, right? Because the first person has to know their pick, and then mm-hmm. the second per- second pick can be a, yeah, that has to be a surprise, I think, because they won't know yeah what they want to pair with it until after they watch it. Hey, that sounds fun to me. Okay, um, in that spirit, I was thinking the drop, starring the Tom Hardy. Drop. Oh, I love that movie. I have seen it. I want to see it. Do again. you? I want to see love it that again. movie as well, and I do too. The drop. Well, that was easy. Is it available on streaming? I have no idea. I have no idea where you can get it. Watch, we're not going to be able to find it. Then we'll have to switch. Anyway, that's my pick. I definitely want to see it again. Yeah, I do too. I I was I remember being kind of blown away by it actually the first time I saw it. So I'm curious to see why I liked it so much. I remember liking the ending a lot. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just drop this in before the outro, and that way we don't have to record another outro. So I'm just gonna hit stop. <laughs>